get out from behind your computer and meet other investors in your area. Get out and meet face-to-face. Get out and go to the meetups. Go to the RIA meetings or the bigger pockets meetups that are held in your town. Before we get into today's episode, I want to mention today's best ever partner and give you a free gift. And that partner is Fun That Flip. And they're going to be giving you a free deal analysis spreadsheet. You know who Fun That Flip is, don't you? Because you're a loyal best ever listener. They've been a sponsor on the show. Matt Rodak, the founder of Fun That Flip, has been on the podcast multiple times, giving us his insight on the online lending process. Fun That Flip provides fast, reliable funding for your house flip projects. They're an online platform, makes the application process entirely easy, and they've got a whole bunch of experts on their team who can help you get funding in 24 hours and close within as few as seven days. And all of you best ever listeners, you're getting a free spreadsheet to help you analyze your projects. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever, and you'll get a free deal analysis tool. It'll help you provide a scope of work for your projects, create the scope of work, analyze the profitability of the project, or if it's not profitable, you need to know that too, and make a determination on the max purchase price. Super important. You can print out all the detailed reports. And that will help you get your deals funded faster. Go to fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever. Get that free analysis tool, fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate podcast. We don't get into any fluffy stuff. We only talk about the best advice that moves your real estate investing business forward. With us today, Coleman Nelson. How you doing, Coleman? Good. Thanks for having me, Joe. Nice to have you on the show, my friend, and a little bit about Coleman. One, he is based in Cincinnati, Ohio. I am friends with Coleman, full disclosure, (laughs) and also friends with his business partners, Jared and Andy Sturm, and Jared has been interviewed on the podcast a couple times. Coleman is the co-founder and director of finance and administration with those two individuals I just mentioned at SNS Capital Group. In two years, he went from zero to 65 rental units worth 3.6 million bucks with no money. And while working his full-time job, I'll get a clarification on that last statement. He previously worked for a big four accounting firm with the majority of his time working with one of his Fortune 2500 clients and you can say hi to him and his business partners at snscapitalgroup.com. With that being said, Coleman, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Absolutely. Thanks, Joe. I guess I can give more clarification on that working full-time job. I am a full-time accountant. So I started my career back in 2012. I got my degree, master's in accounting at Brigham Young University. As you said, I went straight into big four accounting some audit work for a while, realized that wasn't the path I wanted to go. I've always wanted to be in real estate, but I never really knew exactly how to do that. So I tried to get another job and get into real estate that way, and that didn't work out. But the current job I actually have, full-time job, is I actually work for a commercial real estate company where they have multiple billions of dollars worth of grocery-anchored shopping centers. So they do that, and I do their financial reporting. So I put together their SDC 
reporting. I put together their investor packages, did all the financial statements about the investors and things like that. So that's been a good experience for me. So that's kind of where I'm at full time. But on the side of where my true joy in life is, is uh, the real estate side of my business with SNS Capital Group. So that kind of started a couple years ago. I was looking to get into real estate myself, create this great business plan. I was going to flip some houses on the side, put that money towards some rental properties. And I figured in 20 years, I'd have 50 units and be able to have mine to retire on. So that was kind of my, my business plan. But some better things happened. So a couple years ago, I, I met Jared and Andy, as you mentioned, through Bigger Pockets. They organized a meetup here in Cincinnati, and I was very new, hadn't had no experience, was just trying to learn and get to know people. So I went to that, kept in touch with them. And I guess it was uh, early 2015, I saw their plan to move down to Georgia from Cincinnati. And weren't having very good luck finding some of them manage their rental properties, which they had. So at the time, they had 17, mostly single-family houses, a couple of small multis, like big apartment complexes. So they're having trouble finding a good property management company to take on those rentals. I knew them and had a good relationship with them, so I reached out and offered my service. And I thought I was just going to work for them and help them out for a time, but things kind of went better than expected. Now we're we're full-time business partners, and moving forward, we're going the syndication route, getting apartment complexes. We have a 42-unit right now owned by the three of us. And everything that we've done so far, I actually have not put any money into it. It's just lost sweat equity. So it's been good so far. Yeah, it sounds like a great partnership. I'm glad that you talked about your full-time job and your background because I want to talk a little bit about that, especially considering what you're doing right now at your full-time job with SEC reporting and the financial packages. But the part I was mentioning was with no money. So how were you able to get into a partnership with no money? The way that we worked it out was with their existing business, they had the 17 units. We all agreed that, so I started actually managing the properties in March, kind of helping them out, but did that as more of an employee than a business partner. We actually did it for free for a couple months as a test run to see if I was a good fit. And after a couple months, they decided that they really liked my work, and they decided they'd start paying me. And, and the the idea from the beginning was to bring me on as a partner. When I originally talked to them, that was not my plan, but when I met with them, that's the plan they presented to me. And I was very shocked by it, but I wasn't really surprised, and it just kind of worked out. So the way that works out is over the three years, we do have like a three-year vesting plan where First year, I get 11%. Second year, I get 22%. Third year, I get 33%. And that's on all the properties that they previously owned. And all the properties going forward were 33% from the beginning. So I put in a three-year commitment to manage and oversee the properties that they have. In exchange for that, I get the equity in the, the business. And you started doing it for free for the first couple of months. Yep. For me, when I proposed the idea to them, I just sent them an email asked them if they needed my help, and they asked if we could meet up at Panera, and we met, and that was the plan. I knew that I was not the experienced person that they would ideally want to manage their properties, but I offered hard work and in exchange to learn the business. I was wanting to get into real estate, and I saw this was the opportunity for me to kind of get my foot in the door, learn how to manage properties, because they were really good at what they did. I thought that was a great opportunity for me to kind of get in the game. Had they expressed a need in previous interactions that you had witnessed, or were you just saying, we know each other, can I do something to help you out? 
We had kept in touch, I would say, about a month or so before that. They actually asked me if I wanted to come look at some of their properties, but there was really no discussion of, of me helping them out at that point. I just saw they had posted on Bigger Pockets that they were struggling to find the property manager, and if anyone had any suggestions, they were open. I could tell they weren't having any luck, so that's when I reached out to them and offered my services. Mm, okay. Now, let's talk about what you do full-time, and that is that you are an accountant, and you said that you work at a commercial real estate firm that's roughly how much do they control, did you say? I don't have the number off the top of my head. I think it's right around 4 to $5 billion, I believe. All right, so a bunch of properties that are worth a lot of money. You work on the SEC reporting and the financial packages. I mean, my gosh, what a great training ground for a syndication company on the side. Holy cow. What are some things that you've learned so far from working at an established company that you're working at in the role that you have? Yeah, I've learned a ton. One of the main things that as far as syndication goes, the company I work for, they started out just two guys who bought a grocery anchor shopping center back in 1991, I believe. So it's been about 25, 26 years, and they just kind of built it from there. And that's sometimes I feel like me and Jared and Andy are kind of in their shoes right now. We're just at the beginning. So I kind of look at where this company has gone and kind of use that as a guide to where we can go. But as far as my day-to-day work, I put together all the financial reports so I get to see how they structure their fees, their contracts, and things like that how they as the asset managers and the property managers charge the different fees because we have a real estate investment trust. So two REITs that that the private and public investors invest in. And so this company manages the properties owned by those REITs. So wow, kind of get to see it from both sides. Yeah, the highest degree of reporting, or should I say the most granular level of reporting if you have a report to publicly traded REITs, right? Yes. These aren't actually listed on the stock exchange or anything like that. They're called non-traded REITs, but they are publicly sold. So they're sold through dealer brokers and things like that. So you can go to your investment advisor and invest in Phillips Edison REITs and things like that. Yep. What are some specific things that now knowing what you know that you will apply towards the next syndicated deal that SNS Capital Group does? I know what the investors are looking for uh, as we put together investor packages. So we put together the SEC documents, which are more regulated as far as what the SEC requires us to report, which investors get, but also we have some private funds, which are more tailored to the syndication where it's just private investors. And we put together packages of letters that saying, this is what's going on. And these are the metrics that the investors care about. They care about the vacancy, the leasing statistics and the debt structures and things like that. It is a little bit different than a syndication just because syndication is more one property where my company is more fund based. So, Mm-hmm. They pull a bunch of money into a fund and buy a bunch of property. So it's a little bit different there. But as far as what I'll take here to apply to our syndications, a lot of it's the, the structure of how contracts are structured to make sure that the investors are getting what they want. We as the general partners on the general partnership side are able to manage and make money for our company so we can keep, keep doing it, but also see how 
how those contracts are structured to make sure that everything's legal, everyone's making money, and people are getting the reporting and information that they need so they can make smart business decisions. What's something specific that if I asked you, hey, Coleman, pick one thing that you have learned from the reports that you're definitely going to incorporate into your next syndication. You're like, hey, Joe, definitely we're going to have this thing for sure. And I didn't know that before I had this experience. What what would that be? It's easy to say I didn't know anything before this experience. <laughs> um, I guess what I would say is just the importance of that quarterly package, putting together a presentation. So we do, not only do we do, just a, a packet of material, but we also do quarterly calls with the investors and we put together some slides and on, on the slides are just updates on acquisitions, updates on, as I was saying, that's not necessarily going to be applicable to syndicating one apartment building. Mm-hmm. I think what they do care about is just the status of maybe renovations that are going on if it's a value add property, the vacancy leasing. I think putting together the just the visuals, things in graph form and things that are more intuitive so it's easy for the investors so they feel like we are being as transparent as possible to build that relationship of trust so that not only are they making money, but they trust what we're doing and are willing to invest in other deals as well. They have quarterly phone calls with their investors? Yeah, they're more like webinars. So they put a slide deck on the internet and then they host a call. And then they have like a Q&A session at the end sometimes. Sometimes mm-hmm. there is no Q&A session. Yeah. Mm. Based on your experience in real estate, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? For me, it's coming from like a newbie standpoint is to get out from behind your computer and meet other investors in your area. Get out and meet face-to-face. Get out and go to the meetups. Go to the RIA meetings or the bigger pockets meetups that are held in your town. Whatever you can do to get out and meet people is Real estate is not a business where you can go solo. You can't do it on your own. You can't buy a property from yourself. So you've got to be out talking to people, whether it's wholesalers, flippers, other landlords, things like that, because people have a lot of information to share. And it's just a wealth of knowledge. And those relationships are what allow you to take your investing to the next level. And if I didn't go to that one meetup, I'd probably still be on the outside looking in right now. Hmm. And if you didn't offer your services for free or reach out to them proactively either, right? Exactly. I mean, I had this great business plan, but in reality, I had no money and had very few resources of obtaining money. And I am not confident that I would have found those resources during these past two years. So I don't, I don't know if I'd have any investment properties. You ready for the best ever lightning round? All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Remember to get your free deal analysis tool for your flips at fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's F-U-N-D-T-H-A-T-F-L-I-P.com forward slash best ever. It will detail your scope of work, help you analyze if the project's profitable, and make a determination on the max purchase price. Fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, it is here. Well, it's almost here, February 24th and 25th, the conference, the best ever conference. Have you signed up yet? Oh, if you haven't, you better sign up right now. It's going to sell out, besteverconference.com. I'm going to be there. A bunch of the guests who you've heard interviewed on the show are going to be there. 
just go to besteverconference.com and look at all the speakers that you're going to hear from that will help you move your business forward in 2017. I want to meet you in person. The best ever guests who are speaking at this event want to meet you in person. And people who haven't been interviewed on this podcast who are speaking at the conference, they want to meet you in person. Go to besteverconference.com. Best ever book you've read. A full-time W-2 employee, I'd have to say Cash Flow Quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki. Hits you right in the gut, doesn't it? Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm moving from the employee to the B-quad in the business side, and hopefully one day I'll get to the investor where I can kind of take some time off and just invest passively. Best ever personal growth experience and what you learned from it? I'd say about 10 years ago, I served a two-year Mormon mission for my church where I was in Nevada, about a year in Las Vegas, a year in Reno. And during that time, basically every day I was knocking on doors or talking to people in the streets and talking about religion and trying to bring people closer to Christ. And that's not a very popular topic to talk about. People don't like to talk about politics or religion or anything like that. So it was a good opportunity for me to kind of grow in my ability to relate with others. For that experience, I, as a kid, I, I didn't want to go in the grocery store because I hated interacting with the cashier. I was, it was the fear I had, so it was, it was pretty bad. But uh, that definitely allowed me to grow, be able to get out and talk to people, truly to see, be able to listen to people, to relate with them, and truly care about the other people. That experience came at, uh, that helped me in my career. That had to be a very difficult objective when you're going door-to-door and you're, the purpose is to talk to people about religion, that's for sure. If you had to come away with maybe a couple things that you would apply if you were having to go door-to-door and asking people if they wanted to sell their house. Because I'm sure that the lessons you learned going door-to-door, asking people about X, Y, Z, doesn't matter. You're going door-to-door and asking about something very uncomfortable that perhaps they don't want to talk about. I'm sure you learned some things. So what did you learn from that experience that you would apply to, say, a door-to-door asking them if they want to sell their house? To me, there's that saying where people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care or something like that. Yep. I think that's very – if you're knocking on someone's door and trying to sell them something, people don't care about what you're selling unless they know that you actually care about what their needs are. So whether it's for real estate, for instance, if you're trying to get someone to sell you their house, you need to know what their pain points are. Why do they want to sell their house? What's truly motivating them? And once you – let them know that you understand where they're coming from and actually care about their experience and want to help them, then they'll be more willing to sell you their house or whatever you're trying to get them to do. Best ever deal you've done? Uh, we bought a 42-unit apartment building this past year, which I'm hoping will be the best deal that we've done so far, but it's, it's still in the middle of the work. So the other one that comes to mind is that we bought a house about a year ago, a single-family rental. We purchased it for 62000 put in about 13000 in work. So seventy-five thousand all in, refinanced it and appraised at one thirty. So bank gave us about ninety-one thousand dollars. So we got about twenty-five hundred dollars cash in our pockets and kept some of it in the business. So it's a pretty good deal for just a couple months of work. Best ever way you like to give back? One cause that uh, our partners and I feel strongly about is financial literacy. So we like to hopefully one day when we're more successful in our business, we like the opportunity to kind of devote more time and effort to that. In the past, I've had a chance to volunteer through Junior Achievement and go into the classroom of high school, junior and senior class, and teach them entrepreneurship and things like that. I like to do that kind of stuff and other one-off 
things where I see the help's needed. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate so far? Fortunately, we've been pretty lucky. We're very conservative in our estimates and we do due diligence and things like that. So we haven't actually lost much any experience. We've actually lost a lot of money. One of my mistakes was just learning how to manage properties. One time I can think of is when I had an applicant apply for one of our properties. And typically we have them apply, run the background check. We get them to sign the lease and pay the deposit within 48 hours or, or whatever of that process. But this one, the lady was a little flaky, kept pushing back, not pushing back, but just kind of canceling appointments to meet to get the deposit and things like that. And then she started hesitating. And two weeks later, she wound up backing out and I had stopped showing the property to other people. So I kind of lost half a month of of time and uh, a lot of effort. And it's kind of something I look back on and shake my head and realize that I just not doing a very good job as a property manager. And fortunately, I've not made that mistake again. What's the best place the best ever listeners can get in touch with you? The best place is probably our website, snscapitalgroup.com. You can get a hold of us through there. My email is coleman at snscapitalgroup.com. Also, I'm on Bigger Pockets, so you can reach out, find me there, and send me a message. Well, from working with a big four accounting firm to now working at a commercial real estate company that is well-established and your focus on SEC reporting and financial packages and also are a co-founder of a company that that owns $3.6 million worth of real estate. Incredible journey. And I'm very grateful that you shared it with us. The lessons learned along the way. I really like that quote. I know a lot of us have heard it before, but it's good to reinforce. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care about them, as well as your story where you were looking to get into the real estate business more seriously and more financially rewarding ways. And you volunteered your time for a couple months. I mean, while you have a full-time job and other commitments as well. And that was certainly and has been rewarded because of the partnership and how that relationship's evolved. And certainly lesson learned for all best ever listeners who want to grow our business and look for opportunities to do so. So thanks so much for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks so much, Joe. Best ever listeners. It is here. Well, it's almost here. February 24th and 25th. The conference, the best ever conference. Have you signed up yet? Oh, if you haven't, you better sign up right now. It's going to sell out. BestEverConference.com. I'm going to be there. A bunch of the guests who you've heard interviewed on the show are going to be there. Just go to BestEverConference.com and look at all the speakers that you're going to hear from that will help you move your business forward in 2017. I want to meet you in person. The best ever guests who are speaking at this event want to meet you in person. And people who haven't been interviewed on this podcast who are speaking at the conference, they want to meet you in person. Go to besteverconference.com.